and becoming overcomers, I've been talking a lot. It's funny because every time I open God's word and I start to read, it's like, oh, my, there's another thing I want victory in. Even though Jesus has already accomplished all things and he was victorious, we become victorious in Jesus, right? But we have to overcome things in our life. And how many people know that your life has not arrived? You're not, you haven't finished this thing yet. You're still being worked on. And in a good, Jesus says, when I start a good work in you, I will continue to do that good work until the day of completion. I hold fast to that because I still have some work to be done in me. How about you? So there's still some work being done. And I love it but when he corrects me. He does it like a gentleman. It may stop me in a minute, like, what, what did I just do that for? But he's a gracious God with love. He comes and he does his corrections in me. He disciplines those children who he loves. Is it okay to be disciplined by a father in heaven who can do it well? And he disciplines those he loves? Is it okay to show, hey, God loves me, but it doesn't, he doesn't, he's not distance. He loves me from a distance. He loves me so close that he's going to discipline me close. Like we talked last week, that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. We saw how we needed to humble ourselves and submit ourselves and draw close to him. And then those times he starts to show us those things. He says, cleanse your hands, O sinners, and purify your hearts. Guess what? That's not a distance. That's close to him. He calls you close first. I love that because that's the kind of teacher I want. And so today, what I want to go into is the subject that came up. In our discussions, I get together with pastors every week, and in these pastors' discussions, we bring up all kinds of things. Well, we brought up the, the, the word of generosity, and generosity is a big, powerful word in the church because the church should be the greatest example of what? Generosity. Because it isn't just expect; it is commanded of his people. And so I thought that was rather interesting. And, and is anybody here as you walk along this world, you look for opportunity to give? It's not, an, it's not necessarily one of those things that come easy. Okay? Sometimes we have to learn how to be generous. And since I got saved, I've been working on that. My wife would say that I'm willing to give up my shirt for someone in need. And I'd like to know that I'm always like that. But am I? Are you? Question is, how does generosity look in a biblical sense? I would like to know that I'm a generous person. If someone was in need and I have an, well, of course, I've got a $10 bill right here. Woo! It's my, it's my monthly allowance. But anyway, just kidding, honey. She gives me more than that. She gives me $11. And so if I have money, I can I can choose to do with it, right? I, I have a choice to do something with it. Where does it come from? How do we know that? Didn't I work for it? Isn't it mine? As a Christian, what happens? You get this revelation that says God owns it all. And if I'm obedient and, and a servant unto him, that means I believe whatever I work for comes from God. That means all things are his. That means even the money that I use is his, right? So generosity looks like what? That means I have to think about what comes in my wallet, what goes in my bank, what I put my money to. Good stewardship says I want to do it rightly. I want to put those money into things that are right. Now, I don't know about you. I don't have a choice about tax. 
right? That's why Jesus said, pay unto Caesars, render to Caesar what is his, and then render to God what is his. So we're not going to neglect those things that we have to give our money to. If you're running from the IRS, you need to come right up here first because Jesus will make it clear to you what you need to do. If you're running in secret, everything in secret will be made known or revealed so you can't hide anything. But what do I do with my 10? I brought a 10 today. I'm kind of excited. What can, well, I can't do much today. I might be able to buy a bubble gum. Not much today that was 100 years ago, right? But what do I do? I have to choose what I do with my money today. Do we come prepared to be generous? Do you come prepared to come to church to be generous? And some people say we're going to talk, start talking about the tithe and he's going to start talking about the offerings, right? It's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is this. When you enter his court, this is where we enter into worship. What does worship really mean? Worship means everything in my life. So I want to check my generosity. Over the years, I have given money out of my personal wallet to people. Here's what can happen. Who's been generous before? There's times that you've been generous, and the money you gave was, you felt that it was a good thing. Tell me, when you were generous to somebody, did you feel when you gave that away it was a good thing? And you felt good about it. Have you ever done that and then later you find out that wasn't used for what you thought it was? Or maybe they did something like buy something that you're thinking, wait a second, weren't you just in need? And now you're buying this. And you start to judge whether or not that purchase was the right purchase because I gave generously to you and you need to, you, you need to show that you, you've done things right. I mean, people know what I'm saying. Come on now, it's just a few of you. Then I'm the only one that feels this way. So you start to judge whether or not that investment was good. Don't you feel like when you give $10 or something away to someone, do you want the investment or you want it to be wasted? So someone would say a good steward needs to know that he's investing. I can hold fast to that rather than wasting. I could struggle with that, especially when you give away when you thought you invested and it turns around that that person wasted it and you're like, well, wait a second, that was my money. Whose money was it? So did you really waste it? Because if he's the one that gives it, can he give back to you again? So the real question is, can you be generous when you gave money that was wasted? Without judgment. So here comes the way. we can, can we discuss this today? Not talking about tithe and offering. That's really between you and God. What we're going to talk about is whether or not you're generous, just like God spoke to me. See, I thought I'd be becoming smarter and wiser as I get older. See, the whiteness in my beard tells me I'm becoming wise, right? Not older. Wiser. So I'm figuring I'm becoming wiser with my money 
right? And so I found, because of past experiences, that I felt I was investing. And what I did find out is that that didn't go where I thought it should go. And it turns out that that person made a terrible mistake. I find out about it, and I think, hmm, should I have done that? So let's go on to what God's going to teach us today. Can we do that? And we're going to go... Well, I'm not going to do it with the overcomer. I'm going to go past this because we know this verse. This is our verse that we always start our, our uh, services with there on this overcoming. We all know that. We're talking about that. Freedom to give. And we're going to go to a set of scripture that's going to be really good because this is where God took me immediately when we brought these up between the pastors. He took me to a place that was good measure. Anybody know that portion of scripture? If you give good measure, it will be and then given. Okay, so I like that. So let's go into that section, but we're going to go with this in mind. With that, that measure. Now, who's that coming from? Me. I set the measure. You're going to see this. Generous heart sets the measure. Okay, can we do that? So let's go into it. You guys ready? Who's ready? Who wants to learn how to be generous in the Lord? Because in this, your blessing, the blessing that you, is, the, is the same key that will unlock the blessing return. Because you're going to see in Scripture that God will give back to those who give out. So if this is a good set of Scripture and we get a hold of this by truth, what will happen in your life today when it comes to giving? So can we look at that today? And then we're going to go into that context. First, you've got to know the context. I like to go right to the scripture sometimes and then put my own twist to it. It's called the book of Jim. I take good scripture. I take what I want to hear. I put it in my own book. And then I take up all the other things around it called the context. And then I can say, whoo, the book of Jim says this. Anybody do that? And then you find out in that teaching, it's not good. It's called blasphemy and teaching. And so what I will do is I will bring it out in proper context. So we need to look at the whole context. It starts that thing about giving with this. It says in Luke 6, 37, and do not judge. Anybody have a problem with that? Come on now. Who has a problem with judgment? It comes, doesn't it? And then you find out you're reacting on that. You're, you're saying things you shouldn't say. You're doing things that you shouldn't do. Before you know it, it's like, have I cast judgment? Yes, you have. You can hear a voice from heaven and will tell you exactly what you've done. Jim, you are judgmental. Who said that? Okay. And do not judge that which you should not be judged. So do not judge that you should be what? Or not should not be. Excuse me, my words here today. Let's read it together again. And do not judge that you should not be judged. And do not condemn that you should not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. There's the context of how we're going to start. Should you judge? Because Someone greater than you will then bring back judgment to you. And I don't know about you, if you open up my life, there's lots of things that aren't so good. 
Okay, so maybe I should not judge. Maybe judgment should be left to the king and not to the sheep. Maybe the shepherd can be a much better judgment, make better judgment than the sheep can. Okay, so, okay. And then about condemning, can, no, I don't condemn anybody. Do you condemn anybody? What does judgment always lead to? Judgment in your mind will always lead you to action which will condemn them to a place that you feel they need to go, wherever that might be. And then we have this whole thing about forgiving. Is that easy? All you have to do is this. Think back for a moment. Maybe it's today. Maybe it's the week before. Maybe a year before. Has anybody ever hurt you deliberately? Maybe they just hurt you. Does anybody feel that? And even when you think about it, all of a sudden something comes up inside you. Like, that wasn't right. They shouldn't have done that. Tell me, if you think long enough on it, what happens? Think long enough about that person. Just for a moment, what starts to happen in you? Thoughts? Starts to go someplace else. So anger, hurt can still rise up again. And what, have ha- what honestly, what happens in you? Is it good? Can you just keep thinking about things that are pure, lovely, sound, those things that are, or do you start to feel that you have been wronged? So we're getting the right context here. Before he mentions even giving, he says, look at yourself and be honest. And as we brought this reference up in our discussion, the Holy Spirit started to knock on my heart. Listen today. Holy Spirit is your friend. He will lead you in all truth if you want to go. So here we go. Let's go on to the next verse. What does it say to us? It says here in verse 38, give and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will they put into your lap? For with that measure you measure, that measure you measure, it will be measured again to you. Okay, so what are we saying here? I brought myself a little backpack here. You know, back then they talk about how that was actually done. If it was what? Put into your lap, shaken together. They had these, these things that would uh, be put on gowns, like on these things in front of people. And then when you put the grain in or different things that they would purchase, they would then what? Shake it and pack it, and what would happen? You would get more in, and you would shake it, and you pack it down until you know you get the full measure. If you're going to go get something, you want all that you can get. Does anybody here want to pay $10 for half or $10 for all of it? A little bit lower. You go and you pick out a peck of apples like I do, and I go to the White House fruit farm. I go in, and I don't look for the small bag. I look for the biggest bag that has more apples in it, than, you know what I'm saying, than the other one over here that doesn't have as many. I just look them over and mm-hmm, I'm going to pay $10 here. So I want the one, mm, I pick them up. Mm-hmm. That's a little heavier. Am I the only one that does that? 
because I want my money's worth. My wife will drink liters of, what, diet root beer at the fair to get her money worth. You go to the restaurant, I'll take a, and then you say, would you keep filling it up, please? Because I want to get my, overflow it. Keep it coming. Matter of fact, why don't you put a picture of that on the table? Because then you don't have to go back so far. Anybody with me? So you want what you can get. And so if you've got one of these sacks and you're going to get filled with grain, you want to get it packed full. So much that you have a little bit overflowing. So you're going to pack it down. You're going to press it down. You're going to make sure you get it all in there like I do. And make sure that when I go home, I got it all. Everything. As a matter of fact, if I'm not careful, these things will overflow because it's so packed full. Is that how you work? That's how I work. That's how I roll. If you all know me, I want to make sure. They may call me a squeaker, but I'm a good steward. I want all of it. I even want it to roll over. I want it to, I want it to be packed in there. I want it all. So when it says about into your lap, shaken together, running over, pressed down, and will be giving back to you, I want it all. You want it all today? Every last one? Because this is what God says. Do you think it was just common things like you give a dollar, you get a dollar back? You invest this, you get a You think it's that way? Or when God gets involved with grace, how much more of this do you want? Do you just want the same amount? Am I going off? Do you want the same amount? Like if you give a do- you give a dollar and I want my dollar back, no interest, no nothing. Or do you want to say, no, I'll give, I'll give. But I'm expecting God to take over. And when he takes over, what he gets back to me in my lap is so much better than that I gave away. How many people believe that? How many people believe today that you can't outgive the man? You can't give, outgive God what is in his hands. He is the God of grace. And when he brings something, it's much better than what you gave away. So if I want to untap and let God do something in my life, i got to make sure I get this right about when I give. Because in the same measure that you give, you shall receive back. Okay? That's what I'm saying here. So what the test is this, is that you don't want to line up yourself to your own thinking. You don't want to say, okay, I'll give that out. But, you know, before I give my $10 bill out, I want to make sure I give it into the right thing. Now, let me be the judge of that. Let me see, okay, I want to see how hurting you are. And if I see you're so hurting, you must be poor. And if you're poor, I'm going to give you this. And I'm like, mm, now, now, wait a second. You could do something with drugs with this. You, you, you may not go home and take care of your family with this. And what is happening in my spirit right now? Who can, who can tell me what's going on with my spirit when I hold back something that's a gift to someone else? What's happening? Is that the work of God or the work of the devil? You see, some people might say, no, you've got to be smart with your money. Smart with God's money. You see, when you're born again, you want to give. So here's the test. In my life, because of past experiences, I find myself to be a little bit, well, I'm going to test it out a little bit more here. Let me ask more questions. Let me find out whether or not this can be done. Let me make sure my investment is good. What ends up happening, you're doing far more thinking than what you should be. Because in your thinking, you're judging. And you're you're judging, you're condemning. And before you give it away, you're not giving it away. You know, well, no, no, I can't do this. I'll bring up another scripture, something about dogs and swine. You know know what verse I'm talking about. 
And before you know it, you put your money right back in your pocket and say, well, God, you wouldn't do this. I'm not going to do this. Because you judge them and you condemn them. You see where I'm going with this? You see where I struggle with this? Because I start to judge because of past experiences. And I think, well, they, they, they did this. You know, God, you, you know, well, I made a mistake, Lord. He says, you never make a mistake if you give away understanding this scripture. See, the scripture will set you free. Your mind will always keep you in bondage. <laughs> Many people know that your wrong thinking always keeps you stuck. And some of us never experience God's best. They never experience the bag. You never experience the bag because you can't get past yourself. You never, you never get this handed to you because you're stuck in this thing about, well, I don't know what they'll do with the money. Well, I'm going to, I can't do that. And you walk right past an opportunity where God says, you could have had this. And yet you got stuck in yourself. You got stuck. I don't want to get stuck. Do you want to get stuck today? I want to be set free. Because I know that's where God wants me, free. He wants me to be an overcomer. He wants me to be in victory. He wants me to walk that way. You Don't start making judgments like, well, if Jesus wouldn't have gave that person. Mm-mm. No, that person, that person, he looks like a druggie to me. He, that, family, that family has never spent money right. They have never done it right. I'm not giving to that because they waste the money. What would Jesus do? That's when you want that bracelet on your hand. You want that bracelet on the same hand you got your money in. You want it on the same one. I still got my dollar bill. I should have that, that scripture, like something on that hand, knowing that that doesn't represent me. Who's it represent? And if I want to say in Jesus, hey, Jesus loves you. Here, take this. What just happened? It's enough of me. More of him. So I'm getting delivered. Anybody else want delivered? I'm getting delivered. I want, to, I want to walk for him. There's where the measure is. Okay? That's, you want that scripture? That's great. I love that scripture. Don't forget the verse before. And let's just go on. This just gets very interesting. Let's just go on. After he says this, he says, and then he spoke a parable to them. Is the blind man able to lead a blind man? Yes or no? Well, he'll lead. <laughs> come on. I can't say a thing, but come on. <laughs> come with me. I'll take you right to the pit. Oh. We both fall in. You know, he'll still lead. She'll still lead. You're both blind. You're not going to get very far. Will they not both fall into the pit? Yes or no? Yes. Can't see nothing. Can you get what, why this is there now? Can't see nothing? Blind but leading blind? You need a teacher, don't we? And here it says, an disciple is not above the teacher. Now he's bringing it real. Now he's bringing it. He's making it real close and real clear. And anyone fully trained will be like his teacher. Now he says, "Okay, what would Jesus do?" It's exactly what this is saying about the teacher and the student. What would Jesus do? And all of a sudden, you go, "Well, I'm going to compare." See, all if you're comparing whether you should or should not, just compare it to one thing. Just compare it to your teacher, the good one, Jesus. What would he do? And all of a sudden, you're like, mm, well, he saved me from a pit, cleansed me that I didn't deserve. When I still was spitting on people, he still forgave me. When I still was stingy with my money, he still forgave me. 
forgives me today if I go to him. Now, after you know how much Jesus did for you, just think about it. Think about how much Jesus did for you. And then start to think about that person. Remember we, that situation we talked about before? That you, you, when you just think about them and you get kind of stirred up thinking, well, <laughs> take the two thoughts. Take them both. What Jesus did for you, full forgiveness as instructor, a teacher, the great master, and then the other person. What do you got to do with the other person? Make the comparison. See, it makes it very clear here. Okay, I tell you, before we begin about the measure of giving, we'll start with truth about judgment and condemning. And then when I get you set to the right context, I'll put the giving in there, making sure you understand, oh, you want it. You want the, I want the bag, Lord. Give me the bag. He says, okay, understand this. Give without judgment. Give without condemnation. Now, on top of that, even when you give, knowing that you're going to get all this, he says this, remember what I did. What have I done for you in forgiveness? What have I taught you? What have I done in your personal life? How have I forgiven you? You see, if you think about those things, now your $10, whatever it is in your pocket, this will unleash this. What you're able to give in your small amount, whatever that looks like, is able to release this grace that is beyond your understanding. Something is going to lead you down a life that you will not ever believe. And it will be there continuously as long as you send out, give out of this generosity. Give out of this heart that says, man, I trust God in everything. I don't have to assume. I don't have to make up what I think the person's going to do with it. I don't even care if I get a report back saying they did waste it. Because when I gave it, he gave me the bag. He gave me the bag. See, you did get. See, here's what you got to say. It just says, anytime I give this away, I get this in return. Without judgment, without condemnation. You see how that works? We should be generous people. You know what would be awesome in this church? Every week you come and you come with money in your pocket. Whatever that amount will be. Just come with it and let God lead you. Because you come with a generous heart, he will use it. If you don't, well, Lord, if I see it, if I see someone in need, and what you'll do is this. Oh, I don't see. I'm looking. I don't see anything. And God says, there he was right there. You didn't come prepared. There he is right there. You see, there's someone right there that you don't see because you got it in your pocket because you think it's yours. You don't understand the bag. You don't understand what I could do with it. You see, you're stuck. Can you imagine a church that you would come? Yeah, Bible says put, put in with God's tithe, do all that. Sure, we're not here to talk about that. Do that because that's between you and him. For sure, he can, set you, he can make sure that you understand that because it takes care of the gospel in this place. Sure, but on top of that, who can you go to? And I know gentlemen in here right now, I know women and men who do that. I know, I have seen it. And they walk around looking, and all of a sudden, they, okay, there he is. And they go over with a generous heart. It's not always money. But when they come, they come in the name of the Lord because they're prepared. <laughs> How many people have missed out on this? 
be honest with yourself today. How many people here have missed out on the bag? You have no idea what's in it. You know it's pressed down. It's shaken to the point overflowing. That's coming your way if you can be released today by this scripture. This is what it means. And do you know something? And people think, well, I don't know. I think that's coincidental. You know, God put it in that order for this. This means that. This means this. And you don't put it all together. You don't get free. But listen, even after that, even after he talks about the master and the teacher and who Jesus is and what he's done and all these things, if you even still can hold on to the grudge, oh, I don't know, man, I still think I'm in charge here, he gives one more. One more. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but you'll know as soon as you see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who knows this scripture reference? Do you know that comes right after that? Do you know it comes right after he talks about the master teacher? Who can be above a master? What student can be above the master? And as soon as you get that down, he brings this up. And why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye when you've got a big old plank in your own? Does any, is anybody set free today? Can you feel that our discussion when this came up when I ran to that scripture thinking, oh, with good measure? Mm, I like that one. You know, I want a little that. I want my bag. Lord, I want my bag today. <laughs> I want it all pressed down and shaken together. I want it all because I'm a good steward. And God, he does supply, doesn't he? Does anybody here contest that God is a giver? He is a giver. He has blessed you. How many people feel blessed today? Of all God's given you. You can say, man, he has given me this. He is awesome. He's given me this. The grace of God. Grace is, Paul says, I am nothing without his grace. And this is full of it. And he says, I want to give you more. And there's another reference, even in another book, that talks about giving. The Corinthian church couldn't get it. The Macedonian church did. And he says, okay, I'm going to send Titus. Titus, go to the Corinthian church and do what you did in Macedonia. Because the Macedonia people were poor. <laughs> they were poor. But they loved God so much that they gave him generosity. And here's what Paul said. Hey, Titus, go teach the Corinthian church the same thing. Because that's, the, and it calls it the grace giving. Giving away grace in a form. So I don't know about you. Who's got money in their pocket? <laughs> the tele- televangelists might say, pull your money out and bend it up out here. That's not what we're going to do today. We're not going to do that. Benny Hinn, do you ever hear his last thing about what happened in his life? The prosperity gospel, you've got to find it because he was set right. And so it's not about that. You don't give because you want prosperity of money in your life. But I can't tell you who understands the bank theory. Can you understand what it means about shaking together poor? So that they, people around you, are going to bless you. I, my, my pastor, it's funny because we were talking. He says, I got a story for you. I said, bring it on. I like stories. I like testimony. He said, my wife and I were married. And you know when you first get married back in the day? They've been married 30-some years back in the day. They didn't have a whole lot of money. And he says, we had $50 in our bank account. He says, we came to church. And he said, and then the Lord said, you need to give. He says, well, Lord, don't you understand? There's only 50 in the bank. Yeah, you always have to have a discussion with God. You know, you do that. <laughs> God, you know there's only 50 in the bank. <laughs> and here's what happened. They were obedient. They talked to each other. 
And it wasn't even hesitation. They knew it was God. They pulled out their money, $50, wrote to check out, gave it away. Do you know what showed up? You know what showed up? $100 of groceries from their pastor. Now, how many people know? You see, this is the way God works. You put, you trust me, and you give out, and I will bring back. And when I bring it back, it's going to be far better than you gave out. Because that's where grace comes into it. He will move on people's hearts, and you will see the power of God. How many people believe that you can be set free today in generosity? You can start to walk today in generous heart, and you will start to see bags of grace come into you that you didn't even know was there. But by the time you were released of that grudging heart, that thing that says, no, i got to judge this out. When you start to give away, give away. And give away. I don't care what it is. It could be going to someone in need. You might be giving up your time to babysit somebody. You might be doing all kinds of things. But when you give in generosity, get ready. Because bags of grace are coming your way. Pressed down. Shaken together. Overflowing. Man, that encourages me. You know, that, that really knows that, man, I want to get over myself and get into what God has for me. Jesus, thank you for what you did. Thank you that you are the teacher and I am the student. And if I'm a student of the teacher, I should be able to learn. And I pray today, Lord, that I don't hold any grudges towards those things I've invested in before. I thought there were investments and I turn out, Lord, that, that didn't go my way. What was it about my way anyway? Lord, you're the God of grace. You're the God of grace. and You want to give that grace away through us. You want us to bless one another. Lord, if this church would come with a generous heart and look for opportunities around this place right now, Lord, what could we do by giving away those things that we say is yours? If it's your money, give it away. I thank you, Lord, that in the promise of this, a bag's coming. I never have to worry. You're the God who provides all things. You're the God that will set things straight. I am so thankful that I walk after you. Lord, teach me. Show me. I'm going to keep my pockets full so that I can bless those around me that are poor and in need. And I'm going to give the gospel at the same time. I'm going to look for opportunities to give and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus got a plan for you. He's going to lift your spirit today if you turn to him. Lord, there's all kinds of opportunity behind that. Your grace will make a difference in Jesus' name.